You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to Let's Talk Apple episode 43, the show for March 2017, and I'm your host, Bart Bouchard. Joining me today, I have a fabulous panel, as always. Joining us for the first time in a little while, we have the uh, newly relaxed Alison Sheridan, who's just back from a lovely holiday. Hi, Alison. And you're also hosting a Silicast, I should say. Oh, how are you doing, Bart? It, uh, I want to thank you for hosting my show while, you, while I was gone. Between you and Alistair, I was able to relax and do no work for two weeks. Yeah. Enjoying nature on the Galapagos. It's like, you know, that's, that's dream stuff for a nerd, right? And then... <laughs> You've and probably the biology Machu nerd Pichu? and then off to Machu Picchu to do the history nerd. Like, wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, like, I was getting, because you, every now and then you seem to find like a snifter of internet. And I, I was still getting notifications on my watch of calorie burns. Um, <laughs> you guys seem to be quite active on your relaxing holiday. Yeah, we actually did try out the water workouts when we were snorkeling with penguins. Wow. <laughs> How fun is that to say? I didn't know penguins could snorkel. <laughs> you know, that is a, a lot of people don't realize that, Gaz. <laughs> that other voice you have just heard is the second of our three panelists. That would be the wonderful Gazmaz from the MyMac podcast. Hi, Gaz. Welcome back. Hello. How, well, I won't ask how you are, but I will say that actually I've got a bit of an injury at the moment. Not only have I got a knee injury, which is causing me problems, but last night I couldn't get one of my soft contact lenses out, which flipped behind the back of my eye. And oh. this morning and today I have been suffering. And to Alison's point about Galapagos, the closest I think I'm going to get at the moment is um, there's a BBC series on the on the Galapagos, which is actually on as we record now. So I'll record it and then I'll go and watch it and think, yeah... Yeah, she saw all of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's a there's a penguin that's with a snorkel. Great, <laughs> and lots of boobies. If your emails are anything, boobies. Yes, boobies. Yes, the blue-footed boobies are something to behold. Uh, finally, we also have Nick Riley back with us again. Hi, Nick. Hi, Bart. It's good to be back. Indeed, always a pleasure. I'm excited just to meet him. Yeah, this, this is the first fun. time. Like you guys have been in my circle for so many years now, and this is the first time you've actually met met each other. You know, I'm doing air quotes around the mic. <laughs> I uh, could tell. I should also give the listeners a heads up. I am suffering from a fairly nasty head cold at the moment. So I, <laughs> I'm i going to need help from my panelists because I'm likely to talk garbage, really. Uh, because my brain is mush. Complete and utter. When I volunteered to be on, I did say to Bart, would you like to me to be more overbearing than usual to make up for your lack of energy? And he said, yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> be forewarned. Yes, and as I say, you know, I, I've done my homework. I think the show notes are sane, I think. Um, so at least we have a structure to go through. Um, getting stuck into that structure, the first section we want to talk about is some follow-ups to long-running, ongoing stories that we have talked about in previous, in some cases, years. Um, JP Morgan Chase have decided it's worth handing over money to buy the remnants of Currencies Technology, which is now a company called Fintech. So Current C was a supposed Apple Pay killer, which itself was killed while in the prototype stage and never actually made it to market. But apparently, uh, JP Morgan Chase think that it's just what they need to get their Chase Bay project 
to completion. So uh, good luck with that. <laughs> That's anyway. weird. It is a bit, isn't it? Although I guess it's at least the, the, the Merchants Exchange got something for their trouble. Does that uh, mean that I can uh, try to convince uh, CVS, who was one of the people that were going in on a currency, that, okay, can we do Apple Pay now? Can we? Huh? Huh? Can you, we get it? You, you could have done that for a while, actually, because currency, we were initially they had a one-year exclusivity clause, and that year went by before they launched a product. And no one would agree yeah, to renew that nothing. clause. Huh. Madness, madness. Anyway, uh, the Galaxy Note 7 uh, Armageddon, whatever Gate Kenray calls it, is not over yet. You may have thought it was over, but no, it isn't. Um, apparently, Samsung have a large amount of these phones back now that they've recalled all of them. <laughs> so their solution to this large pile of uh, second-hand electronics, which are still quite new, is to take those that haven't smoldered Take out the battery, which is a very good thing to add into this equation, and replace it with a lower capacity battery, which should be able to safely fit into the same physical space that they crammed the other battery into, which was simply did not have enough. They distance. are not going. What? They are selling <laughs> refurbed oh, Galaxy Note oh, Seven. They are not we, doing you, it. You, you've everywhere. not found out about this, Alison Hud. <laughs> That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Actually, this is, that is you ridic- haven't heard the news. You get to be surprised by every weird thing that's happened in the last two weeks. This is brilliant. Yeah. This. Oh my. This is. They're not doing. They're not selling them in the U.S. Are they? I I don't know what countries are on the list. There are some countries where regulation was passed where they simply cannot sell Galaxy Note sevens unless they get that overturned. Uh so they're they're starting off. I think I I I don't remember exactly, but I think it was like India and countries like that were at the top of the list. But like, I think I'd pre- I think I'd prefer to hear them repurposing them than just throwing them away. You know, yeah. honestly, yeah. at the very least, recycle them responsibly. Yeah, and a refurb. As I mean, the battery was really what was wrong with those devices. So replacing it with a lower capacity battery that at least is a plausible fix, right? It it <laughs> does it does say that they won't be selling them in the US by the looks of it. So oh, okay. okay, I, I actually I can't, genuinely uh... check my calendar when i read that story to make sure it wasn't april 1st it wasn't it was a real story yeah oh yeah that's an april 1st story for sure would have been hilarious i guess wow. that's why they did it in late march um <laughs> yes because what else because, you got bart because any time <laughs> after any time after april 1st it could have just been a follow-up somewhere with someone re patronizing the uh, the story so yeah good call cool. good call yeah. samsung yeah. <laughs> yeah no in fairness it was wise of them uh, we talked a few months ago that Apple had announced that they were going to have the right to, for developers to reply to App Store reviews. Well, that is now in the present tense. Developers now have the right to reply to App Store reviews. Those replies are vetted by Apple before they go live, by the way. So it's not going to be a free-for-all. There's going to be a little huh. bit of uh, moderation going on. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I don't know how it'll work, but I like the idea. I was interested to hear your uh, discussion on chit-chat across the pond, Bart. Um, yes. Because you mentioned this, didn't you? Yeah, so I, on the most recent episode of just chit-chat across the pond, which you'll find at com, I interviewed the head of an Irish uh, mobile app development company, who the, the, uh, Dermot Daly, and his company, Tapadu, write iOS apps and Android app. So he uses both the Google Play Store and the iOS Store. And obviously, you can't have someone like that on and not ask them. So these changes Phil Schiller is bringing in, good, bad, you know, are you looking forward to it? And he 
would lukewarm be uh, an accurate uh, summary? Um, I I thought know. he was a lot more positive than you expected him to be. I know yes. early on we talked about it, and you were like, "Well, I don't know." You're thinking that he would be talking about problems, but almost everything he talked about was like, "Hey, this is cool. This is cool. This is easier. This has gotten better." He was awfully optimistic. I thought. That's true, actually. I, I was talking specifically. I think the one point he was slightly less optimistic was when we were talking about these developer reviews. Because on the whole, he was yeah. very much that Apple have you know got their ducks in a row on the App Store as a general system, and there are extremely few capricious denials now. And it it, it goes quickly, it goes smoothly. There is an official appeals process. He seemed a lot happier than I think people were you know five years ago. Anyway, uh, we also talked that Apple needed to spend some money in India in order to gain access to the Indian market. And as part of that uh, investment, they had promised to open an app accelerator in uh, India. Well, that is now true. And if you're wondering what an app accelerator is, it's basically free tech support for iOS developers. So they have a room full of engineers whom app developers in India who are writing iOS apps, I don't think you can call them with a a, a Google problem, uh, and they will literally help you get your app to work, which is a rather mm. cool idea. So that's what an app accelerator is. Mm. And that's finally, cool. it's, it's vaguely Apple-related. I was in two minds as to whether or not to stick it in, but I think we mentioned the fact that the Pebble was dying, uh, and we also mentioned the fact that that meant that when they turned off the servers, the Pebble would actually die. And I know I have friends with Pebbles, and they're extremely upset about this. Well, they no longer need to be upset. Uh, a software update has just been pushed, which removes the dependence on uh, the servers, which are about to be shut down. So that means that the pebbles people have, assuming they update, will continue to function until the hardware is just knackered and they just fall away. <laughs> okay, notable numbers. Um, Laptop Mag did a survey of how happy owners of laptops are with the technical support they receive from the people from whom they buy their laptop. And uh, it is good to be able to say, as much as we may occasionally quibble uh, with uh, Apple Care, it's not always perfect, but, you know, still pretty good. Well, we now have numbers to back up that assertion. Um, Apple topped the table with a score of 93 out of a possible 100. Acer were in second place, which I found surprising, um, with an 88 out of um, 100, which is pretty good, actually, I think. And then the bottom of the table was uh, much, much, much less positive. Waiting for this to load here. I thought I remembered being... Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Something... Where is it? Uh, Not everyone is good. I should have wrote this in the show notes. Ninth and tenth place... Uh, ah, there's the it's, next score. It's ninth, uh, well, in ninth place, it's Samsung at 67, and then MSI at 10th place, 63. Okay, so no one got wow. under 50, which is, <clears throat> I guess, we should take something from that, right? <laughs> That's the best thing you can say. Well, well actually, what I was going to ask the question, do we think that the other companies are now pulling up because they've got to match Apple's quality? 
of service. Well, well that's still not very high. No, no, no. I'm not talking about those at 9 and 10th, Alison. I'm talking about oh, okay. the Acer, Lenovo, Microsoft, HP. Uh, do we think – and I'm, I'd love to see what their scores have been in the past and whether they're improving. Yeah. My impression well, – up the whole market, that'd be good. Absolutely. My impression of Acer would have been that they're a low-cost brand, so you should expect very poor service. And my prejudice has been proved completely wrong here, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm are they say, really that low cost? cost though? I thought they were kind of mainstream. Well, they certainly started that way, and maybe I just haven't looked at them very much because the last time I bought a PC was mm, quite some time ago. <laughs> huh. Samsung's got a nice 67 going. <laughs> well, look, it's a pass, right? If you were sitting in an exam, you'd pass. I guess that's something. <laughs> Not with Apple breaking the curve, you wouldn't. Well, oh, you anyway. guys mark on curves, do you? So we don't, we're not allowed to do that here. That goes against uh, oh. something or other. But anyway, uh, looking at it another way, of course, that means that one in three people there aren't very pleased with them. So. One in three is a lot of cranky people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. it is. I, yeah. I, I take your which, point. Which, which will cost them the company a lot of money. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, it is best to try and uh, have a good customer service. Because it does, you get first-time buyers, and then whether or not they ever become second-time buyers can depend very strongly on how customer support goes. Because yep. inevitably, stuff breaks. Apple stuff breaks, Google stuff breaks, Samsung stuff breaks, everyone's stuff breaks. The question is, when that happens, how do you feel about the response? I always think that um, it's a little bit like going into a restaurant, isn't it? I mean, at the restaurants in the UK do tend to have a habit of, um, so at some point, someone comes around and says, how's your meal? Mm. And, and the mark of a really good restaurant is how they deal with it when you say no. Because oh. nine times out, nine times out of ten, they don't know what to do when you say no. Well, with British politeness, I would have thought people saying no, regardless of their actual opinions, would be fairly rare. I know in Ireland, no one wants to quote unquote cause a scene. So uh, I, they do ask it in Irish restaurants as well, and I have never in my life heard anyone say anything. But oh, lovely! Thanks very much. No, I, you would have heard me say something different, um, Nick uh, and um, Bart, but it was it would be lovely if you'd stop coming round asking me <laughs> how nice it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they do seem to do it rather too either regularly because someone's forgotten that someone else has already done it, or oh. they do it within the first five minutes and you still got a mouthful. You hardly anyway. That's my yeah. Opinion. No, you should leave people alone unless <laughs> unless you're coming to deliver them more stuff, right? Yeah. Believe it or not, that was one of my only complaints with Peru. Is the uh, the staff everywhere was obsessed with asking you how, how do you like what you're doing, including the tour guide. Like, hey, are you good? Did you like that meal? Do you, did you like what we do? Are you sure? Is it good? Is it good? <laughs> I actually told, I had to tell a waiter to leave because he wouldn't. He, I couldn't eat. Well, I imagine <laughs> that the tour operators bring spectacular money to the restaurants. And the tour operators are really interested to keep the customers happy because otherwise they don't get repeat visits. So there's obviously... Oh, but it was everything, Bart. It was like the hike. Did, did you like the hike? Was it a good hike? Did you want to hike again? How was the hike? <laughs> right. That's what I mean. So if, if you're trying to get a good name for yourself, you you, you got to get that feedback. But by overdoing it, obviously yeah. someone told them this was this is what you should do. And they may have or taken the Or it's a cultural message. thing. I don't know. It was so broad. But anyway, it has well, nothing well, to do with Apple News. No. What if it's <laughs> a reflection of what they think Americans want? Yeah. America, you know, if you think about the stereotypical American tourist, who tends to be very picky. And again, it's a stereotype. It's not reality, right? All stereotypes are caricatures. 
the caricature of an American tourist is that they're stupendously picky and that everyone in America constantly wishes everyone in America a good day, like 20 million times a day. Be, be, before before we get into a fight, Bart, should we move on? <laughs> That's a fair point, actually. There's usually a filter between my brain and my mouth. It appears to be... <laughs> Ah, my favourite section of the show, legal latest. So, Apple's Russian subsidiary, well, and we really do need to stress that this is not Apple Inc. Inc., as in the international company. This is Apple Russia, who are a separate company that's part of a franchise. Um, they may have been getting a little bit too cosy with how things tend to be done in Russia, because they have been found guilty in a court of price fixing. Apparently, they basically wandered around Moscow looking at the shops and coming in and strong-arming people into putting up their prices if they fell below an acceptable minimum price. Which is pretty much as clear-cut price-fixing as I've ever heard of. Uh, So they are definitely guilty, uh, but no penalty has been decided yet. The sentencing hearing is to follow. Uh, But if things go terribly, horribly wrong, uh, the fine could be as high as 15% of sales. Not of profits, of sales. So that could sting a bit. Hmm. And obviously no one here is going to say, oh, but Apple should be defended. No. (laughs) Quite clearly (laughs) wrong. I just don't want to talk about Russia. (laughs) As a policy. It may may be slightly more in our vocabulary than it has been for the last, as long as I've been. No, actually, no. When I was a kid, the Cold War was on. It was in my vocabulary then, and then it went away for like a decade and a half. It's the best thing about being out of the country on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) But, Bart, there's always been a a suspicion that, um, and there's always been a complaint, certainly in Europe and in Mm. France, that Apple have, um, you know, always played the strong arm over the pricing for resellers, etc. So, um, if if I said to you that I'm really not surprised that they've been accused of this, um, I, what I am surprised is that it's gone through and somebody's actually you know laid down uh, the law, as it were, and said, this is our findings and you are guilty. I'm surprised that perhaps a little bit of price fixing hasn't happened in Europe, but that's because it's their own team. They're not against a competitor, are they? So um, there are obviously different laws in Russia which allow them to say, no, no, you can't. You can't do that. Now, that may be because they're, they're – I don't know if they've got actual Apple outlets in Russia yet or whether they are all resellers, and that's why there's there's a slight difference in the law here. Well, I also think I, – I, I can't imagine someone in a heavily regulated country like Belgium or France being so blatant about it. I, I, just, I can't yeah. imagine that a yeah. French court or a Belgian court would come to any different decision if the identical thing had happened. Yeah, I just, I just wonder whether – obviously, it's – they. The the price fixing is there. Um, well, I'm not sure. Price fixing, yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm sure there it's are a, it's a very incentives. Yes, there are yes, that yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. But there, we'll have to wait and see what their response is, but um, or what the, the their response to the fine is when it comes. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the sentencing. That could be very interesting. Uh, so you remember error fifty three from some time ago? This is the. Is that the- it's Which one was that? Touch was ID that the sensor. Phones? So you yeah, would, yeah, you would yeah. replace the screen by a third party who would disconnect the home button to do so and perhaps replace the home button as part of the screen replacement, at which point the secure connectivity between the motherboard of the phone and the, the, secure, the Touch ID sensor would be broken. The phone would consider itself to have been breached and refused to restore in iTunes with error 53. And that made 
people would ring up to Apple and Apple would say, no, not our problem. You've obviously had this phone tinkered with by third parties. We don't support that. And eventually they came under quite a lot of pressure over it and their solution was to say, okay, fine, we will allow your phone to restore, but you will not have Touch ID again because we cannot provide you with any sort of security given the fact that this bond has been broken. The keys are not in whack and the only way to get them into whack would be to send the phone to us and let us fix it. And I guess people had the choice to do that if memory serves. But anyway, the Australian consumer watchdog doesn't feel that this was appropriate or at least, sorry, what I should say is what they are angry about is the period between the first time someone hit error 53, which is presumably the first time there were Touch ID sensors, and the first time someone let a phone slip out of their hand since there were Touch ID sensors and decided to go to a third party instead of to Apple. And if you live in Australia, you may actually have very little choice now to think about it. Um, and when Apple made the change to allow the phone to restore. So those people who, who were affected in the two-year period between Touch ID coming in and Apple making this change, they may be due compensation for that time in between. So that's what this is about. And again, it's the suit has been filed. Apple have made no comment on the matter and it is obviously going to wend its way through the courts. And I don't... I've sort of been minimizing my cover of cases starting because they start all the time with patent trolls. But I figured this one seemed perhaps worthy of mention. Stick a pin in it and see where it goes, maybe. Hmm. Uh, I've also I added guess. a whole... It's either going to be A or B though, right? It's either going to be, yeah, you shouldn't have done it, or yeah. sit around in court forever. That's <laughs> the only two I answers wonder, we get. Yeah, how how swift will will Australian courts be? I've also added a new section before we get to the main story. It's called Comings and Goings, because it just seems easier <laughs> to mush them all together. It seems to be a continuous thing with people choosing to interpret the comings and goings as Apple is doomed. And so I figured if we if we just put a pin in them every month, we should be able to detect a pattern pretty quickly. And it really is comings and goings. It's not that everyone's leaving and no one's coming in. Sometimes it's a little bit more one than the other. This month it's three, so it's bound to be more one than the other. So on the incoming uh, arrivals, shall we say, in the arrivals lounge, we have well-respected security researcher Jonathan Zadjarski coming into Apple to do security stuff for them. Uh, and then in the Departures Lounge, we have Terry Blanchard, head of Apple's Mail app, heading over to Readle uh, to work on something Ooh. called Spark Email, which is a, or Spark, which is an email app that Readle creates. And then we have long time, and I mean long time, 21 years long time, um, Apple designer Christopher Stringer, uh, who unusually for Apple employees who are not see something has a small amount of a public profile because he spent a lot of time in the witness stand in the Samsung case explaining Apple's design process and stuff like that. So I think 21 years, he's certainly a big a big loss. Now, no one knows what he's doing next. We just know he's leaving. So it may be that he has simply finished working or it may be that he is going somewhere else but doesn't do LinkedIn and no one else has made an announcement and therefore we haven't figured it out yet. So hard to tell what's going on. But one thing is for certain, he shall not be going to the new spaceship campus. Perhaps he's just yeah, but worn out. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, real, it's realistic, right? After 21 years in, the, in a hectic place like Apple? I think so. But overall, they got Jonathan Zdarsky. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I'm really personally bummed. I know this is going to be awesome for Apple. It's only a great thing for us as a whole. But I loved following him on Twitter. I learned so much about oh. him, about things. And he was so informative and, and well-written and his photography stuff. Maybe he'll still be allowed to do his photography stuff. But he's uh, 
he's really a cool guy, and now he will be invisible. Well, I have a little bit of semi-good news in that. Uh, you're also worried about the fate of Little Flocker? Yeah, because that's the app that he was uh, he invented. Yes, it has been sold to F-Secure. Oh, wait, do we like them? I... <laughs> <laughs> I I have neither a strong positive or negative emotion about F-Secure, so therefore whatever they have or haven't done, they haven't made me cranky. Cause I, I'll be honest, I remember cranky things more. Uh, I so they're probably have a, I have a bad memory, just just one of these like you kind of thoughts. I can't remember why. Search on the show notes for security bits. I think yeah, you'll probably find idea. them reporting stuff. I think my memory of F-Secure is that they're sort of more of a researchy firm. I don't think they're an AV vendor. That was a bit too Anyway, okay. so the app has a future. Whether it's a future you like or not, I guess, is secondary, but at least it's not dead. And for those who don't know what it is, Little Flocker, I haven't started using it yet, but I was considering it. It's a, a tool like Little Snitch looks for network traffic. This looks for things trying to creep into your into your system on the on the Mac. It sort of mm. looks for actually what it what it's doing is it's watching the file system events to look for behavior that looks like uh, ransomware because ransomware is obviously going to sp- spend a whole lot of its time creating files which is not a normal thing for apps that are not you know for a random app that isn't one of the well-known apps to be doing and therefore after it's done a little bit of damage little flocker can just say nope i don't don't trust you but am i trust okay. this and it will pop up a warning saying this app is acting a bit funny or do you want this in which case if it's a real app if it's got it wrong you can go yeah sure that's fine or in most likely situation, you go, who the what? Who are you? Go away now. And they'll just nip them in the bud because if you can't access the file system anymore, well, no. So it's basically a file system firewall, how I could best describe it. Okay. Which is why Little Snitch is a great analogy because it's a network files uh, firewall. Okay. okay. So that brings us into main stories. And the first one's a biggie because... Apple didn't have an event event. They just had a giganto press release. And they issued more OS updates than you can possibly shake a stick at. So let's start off with the hardware they announced in their press release. The iPad Air 2 goes away. It is uh, it is did. It is replaced by a new iPad nothing. As in an iPad with no suffix. It is just fifth generation plain old iPad it is 9.7 inches its biggest feature I think you could argue is price it is 70 odd dollars cheaper than the iPad Air 2 Um, it has the updated system on a chip Uh, it has Touch ID which the other one didn't I believe that it replaced at that price point Um, and on the debit column, to make that price point reachable, one assumes, they basically took the basic industrial design of the iPad Air 1, stuck yeah. the shiny insides into it, so think iPhone SE in that sense, I guess, and are now reselling it. So that means we go back to having an unlaminated screen without anti-glare reflection, but it is a brighter, more modern panel, despite that fact. So it swings out round a bit. Yeah, it's ever so slightly thicker, I think, than the than the air isn't it but i don't think it's something that would worry most people it's thick it's it's thicker than the air too but i believe it's the same thickness as the air one yeah 
Yeah. So I did hear about this while I was gone uh, very quickly. Stephen Getz sent me a note and he said uh, it's like an iPad Air 2, but with a credier display and everybody's losing their minds. Is, I, I is think that people a... are wrong. Yeah, that, is, that is how the world is reacting. The other thing they did was what I've always said they should do and uh, double all the storage. So it's now 64 and 128 instead of uh, 16 and 32. Uh, wait, okay. Um, um, yeah, pretty sure that's. I still it may even go I higher. Don't I see. I don't really understand the the sort of raison d'être of the whole thing. What? Why? <laughs> that would be my question. But they've got uh, a perfectly good iPad Air two. Why, why would you? Um, Gruber, I think when he was in talking about a story that's about to come up as uh, story number three, uh, Gruber asked about that. And the answer he got from Apple was, we've done the research on what the key feature is, and the key feature is price. And he listed basically all of the play, uh, the markets they were targeting, like education, business. Who buys the iPad Not Pro, Not Mini? But you and could, people uh, who buy the iPad Not Pro, Not Mini are exceptionally price conscious. So, But you could that say is, that about all of Apple stuff. <laughs> well, no, because someone who's <laughs> buying an iPad, iPad Pro is not going gonna to want different trade-offs to be made in that product. No, but I mean, most, if you talk to most people who aren't Apple advocates, they'll say all this stuff's too expensive. So they'd want all the prices to come down. Yeah, but that... the, the the difference is, Nick, it's it's how many people are saying it, and I think that's the difference. And they want to they've got to they've got to keep a position in the marketplace uh, with tablets. I think so. They're probably right. trying to come out and keep uh, abreast of uh, of the situation. Possibly the phraseology I read in Gruber's post was something like the key requirement was so basically everyone yeah, obviously has yeah. the, everyone wants the best of everything but obviously you rank your importance of each want and apparently the 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 want that made it to the top of the list of wants was price right whereas with max that you know that they're, they're not quite in that same space or they're not getting the hits enough hits for people to say, you know, I'm really not going to buy it unless your price comes down. Because they've been growing, if you think about it, they've been growing in, in the Mac world for a long, long time and always, uh, until recently, outstripping the, the growth of the rest of the, the PC marketplace. So, But, but don't, you think that, uh, don't you think that this feels a little bit, and I, I think we're going to come, uh, we're going to come back to this later, a little un-Apple-like. It, it, it's a different Apple. Mm, it's not an yeah, Apple-like. It's a different. It's a different. A different Apple. Apple. iPhone five yeah. C, iPhone SE. Yeah. iPad. Seems Apple-y to me. It's it's not Mac. It, I, I suppose what where we're coming from, Nick, is it's not Apple Mac-like. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. 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 That, I can't think of a single analogy in the Mac world. You know, it's funny on the uh, on the price subject is I, I could have predicted that this was happening because I was able to buy my mother-in-law a um, an iPad Air 2 for like, I don't know, it was maybe $150, $200 off, I think, just Whoa. shortly before this announcement came out. Well, you so, got the best possible deal, right? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And there were all kinds of had we traded in her older one when we started, we could have gotten another $100 off. It was all at Best Buy and it was a unreasonably good deal. It was, and I was kind of like, hmm. Well, this might mean something, but you know, she's got a really old iPad. She's going to be happy. So, yeah, the upgrade for her will be stunning. Yeah, yeah. that's really what matters, right? If you're used to working at this speed, and all of a sudden you're working twice as fast, the fact that you could be working two point one times as fast doesn't seem so important. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Do you know I um, 
recently, um, well, I say recently, um, within the last six months or so, I bought myself a new iMac, which I'm very pleased with. Oh, cool. Um, but it has one of those fusion drives in. Yes. And in, all, and in all honesty, I saw the spinning beach ball just too much. Having gone from a Mac Mini, which mm. had an SSD in it, I just I just couldn't cope with it any longer. So I actually have a um, an SSD plugged into an ad- adapter uh, over USB th- three, and it's much faster than the internal drive. Oh wow! Well, with USB three, <laughs> you can do that kind of madness, yeah. And you're right. The I, I have a, a a Fusion drive as well, and I think I went from an iMac with no Fusion drive to an iMac with a Fusion drive. So I wasn't coming from SSD down; I was coming from spinning oh, right. hard drive up. And when you go at it in the other direction, what you find is it's better, but not by as much as I hoped. No, which means yeah, it really yeah, must be awful the likewise. other way. Likewise, <laughs> yeah, it, it it was, and uh, and I'm very happy now. And in fact, um, I, I've literally just copied the whole of the. I've cloned it onto the SSD and then said, "Okay, boot from the SSD," Brilliant. and it's and it's fine. It's back to how the Mac Mini was, which was very fast. So there you go. Speed is important. Yes. The next hardware in the press release, or at least the next hardware that I put in the show notes. I'm not sure if I followed Apple's order. Anyway, the other, the next product we want to talk about is the product red version of the iPhone Seven and iPhone Seven Plus. As you would imagine, it is that rich shade of red on the back. As they also showed all the product photos with the phone face down. And I now realise why. Because the front is white. And I was really tempted by the product red until I saw the other side and now I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. Why do you hate white? I had a... I had a was it... One of the phones I had semi recently, the, the phone before my current one was white, but I think silver on the back or something. And that white bezel is so much more distracting than a black bezel. So I think it all depends on what you do with your device. I always had black iPhones, and uh, I just was like, yeah, I want something different. And I went gold, um, not rose gold because I'm not crazy. <laughs> I went the regular gold, and I think the white is lovely. I don't watch any movies. I don't watch, I just, use it like a phone and and you know i mean i don't use it like phone i use it for everything else it doesn't bother me at all it somehow it no. feels like the screen doesn't have a hard edge when it's black it seems to sort of fade away more subtly yeah i do no, no, I, I alternate i alternate so the next phone the current one is black bezel the next one will be a white bezel don't ask me change is fun because change is fun right well that was my thinking when i went white and i've decided that's a change i won't be doing a second time yeah my ipad pro is uh is a white got a white how does that work on on something so big it's fine it's fine yeah because i've got i've got a white one as well it's fine Okay. I, See, I, and that's I, a case of where I wouldn't because of because I do watch uh, TV. I watch uh, video podcasts on my iPad, so I probably wouldn't. But uh, that's yeah, really, no, interesting. Don't find okay. it. I, I'm I'm all I'm in sync now, apart from my watch, uh, which is silver, which is aluminum, plain aluminum. But everything else I own from Apple now is space gray. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so product red for those who would like it. Um, Apple also gave the iPhone SE a small little tweak. Um, it, it, that didn't really change very much. It was literally just a tweak. So I think the expectation was that the SE would not have a yearly tick, and that seems to have be, to be proving true. However, 
we can announce the death of the 16 gigabyte iPhone. They are now available in 32 and 128 gigabyte versions. So same price, twice as much storage. So nice. Uh, also, watch bands. Apple released a new suite of them, uh, which are nice. But I think the biggest news from the new watch bands is that they are starting to sell the spectacularly cool Nike sports bands. Oh, Apple. good. Because I was really mad listening to you describe how awesome it feels on uh, on the No Silicast, as it turns out, and because I couldn't buy that band, and I've been I, I wanted that band from day one, but I didn't want to wait for the watch. So, cool. yeah, I initially I think the very first Nike specials were actually a higher price, and I would have been torn between spending the extra to get the cool band, but then I went to the Apple website to buy my new Apple Watch about three months ago, and there was no choice. It was just, oh, look, they're the same price as each other. I am so having the cool Nike one. Yeah. I, I By the way, out. I, I went for the gray and white. Uh, oh, I think the gray and white one's beautiful. I like it. It's elegant. Do, do any of the rest of you call it Nike? Not I think Nike. all of Europe does. Well, I'm checking. Okay, well, I, they're not answering. In, in in Ireland, that is certainly the pronunciation I hear on a day to day basis. Guess? Uh, I'd say Nike. Huh? And, and Nick? Uh, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. It, that's <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those you need people to say it without having to think about it. Yeah. Huh. Show I, think I'd, say, I think I'd thing. say Nike as well, actually. I've been interested in the experiment because you just have to show people that swoosh. No, no one doesn't know who that swoosh is. Mm-hmm. So if you just hold it up and say, "What? What's that?" It'd be very interesting. Yeah. That way, you wouldn't be priming them in any way. You just get yeah. their honest first gut response. Be interesting. Mm. Just give me an idea unless, for what unless, they would copy time someone, and work. Unless someone says, "Yeah, it's a tick." Yeah, <laughs> that in itself would surprise me. That, that would be an interesting <laughs> data point, but I, I don't think so. Uh, the next thing, then, we're moving on to software. Uh, so within the initial press release, Apple announced one piece of software, which is a new app that's coming. I think it's finally out now, or if not, it's damn close to it, because today's Mac Observer had four stories about how to use the app. Uh, anyway, it's called Clips, and it's an app for editing together media into a short, media-rich, shareable experience. It's sort of a tweetable, social media friendly, short, snappy, fun thing to do with your content because you can have, you know, fast editing, it can do automatic captioning so that you get like subtitles. Literally as you speak the words come up on screen, which is kind of a cool effect. They have all of your filters and all of your what's it and you can edit your video clips to pull out only the good bit and mush it all together and then share it. And Apple huh. will say that the idea is not that they are not setting up a social network. They're allowing you to create cool content that you can then send to any social network you like using the share sheet. Yes, because we know how good they are on social network. (laughs) Is this available now? If it's not available now, it's damn soon because it was announced a week or two ago as soon. Yeah. Ah. So these are video clips on? Uh, Video clips on stills. So basically whatever's in your camera roll. Oh, I see. So multimedia, and then you can add, you know, uh, title screens and closed captions as in you know as you speak stuff gets written on the screen and you can do all the fancy pants effects that everyone likes to do on that one um snapchat that's snapchat the one. that's the one uh, right uh, yeah 
By the right. way, clips is not the first thing that comes up. It's the second one. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Again, yeah, and there's the own name, right? Yeah. There's uh, another one that gets... That's not a bad name. What's wrong with clips? But you complain about photos being too generic a name. Isn't this the same? Yeah, but that's different. I mean, that's like the the major main big thing. This is just a little thing that takes clips. That sounds like a good name to me. Okay. I, I, I see what you mean, though, about being generic. But Yeah, I don't see it as being very easy to, to find technical articles on it, but maybe you don't need to because maybe it's not, maybe it's self-explanatory. <laughs> so maybe it's a bit of a moot point. Uh, the next thing then to talk about is the fact that Apple updated pretty much every OS they could shake a stick at. Um, uh, spectacularly many updates. Uh, so let me see, where do we begin to go through these? Um, iOS, uh, bleh. sorry, I've lost my place in my show notes and I'm too brain dead. 10.3? 10. 10. iOS 10.3, there we go. Thank you. iOS 10.3 brings APFS, the Apple file system, which we were told last year was going into beta last summer and wouldn't be around until next year, and I think we all assume that meant next WWDC. Well, Apple have decided that the the most controlled environment to start using it for realsies would be iOS, where there is much more sandboxed and confined third-party stuff going on, which I think makes a lot of sense. So if you were wondering why your iOS 10.3 update seems a little bit sluggish, it's because your file system is getting updated in place. It is, as part of the update, converting your file system without ever moving anything anywhere. It's basically transmogrifying HFS Plus into APFS, which is bloody magical, if you ask me. Yeah. That, that's... That's uh, crazy. It's crazy. As a computer scientist, I'm just left going, holy moly. Wow. Um, and now, wasn't this also a big security update? Huge. What, All of these could, together could, are huge. Could, can, can I just say, uh, Bart, that... It, when there was a lot of happy people, though, because changing over to APFS seemed to relieve a lot of space on your phones. That's possible. Um, um, some 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 people were were touting anywhere between two and four gigs uh, wow. of uh, freed up um, space. Okay, wow, uh, that that's pretty good. Uh, also, cool. find my AirPods is in iOS ten point three point or ten point three. So that is uh, something that may be of interest to people. And then very shortly on the heels of iOS 10.3 came iOS 10.3.1, which contains exactly one thing, a critical security fix. There is a bug in the firmware of the baseband, the Wi-Fi, sorry, the Wi-Fi, the Broadcom Wi-Fi chip in iOS devices. And that bug, it has been discovered, can be exploited to run arbitrary code, assuming you are within Wi-Fi range of people's devices. Which is pretty darn bad. You know, go onto the London Underground or something, and you can hack every iPhone that you can that you're within wireless range of. That's that that's not good. So that bug is squished in ten point three point one. So I would heartily recommend that if you go to 10.3 you follow through and go to 10.3.1 and I would heartily recommend you go to 10.3 because it is chock-a-block full of other security fixes which are also just as important. There is 
a little bit of a side note of, that's important. Um, Apple sent out warning emails to a small number of users because they appear to have been affected by a bug Apple have held their hands up on. Apparently, going from iOS 10.3 to 10.3.1 could accidentally re-enable some iCloud features. So people would have disabled, say, find my iPhone or something and find that it has actually been switched on. And so Apple have asked people... Basically, I think their logs probably show that it happened, so I guess that's why we didn't all get an email, but only some people did. Uh, telling people to go and check if they're happy with their current iCloud setting. Easy that fix. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it shouldn't do that, Bert. Right, that's why it's a bug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are replacing, you know, the big chunks of the OS here, so, it, you know, you're, you're upgrading from one OS to another. You're, in theory, supposed to copy over all the settings. Obviously, there was some sort of subtle change in the format of something, and it, the processing of the change went wrong. Mm. It can happen. The next we move on to watchOS three. Okay, could, sorry, sorry. Could, yeah, can I just yeah, so can I just jump on that one as well? It it combine also ten point three point one or ten point three um, actually combines your IDs as well. So it change in the settings um, arena when you go in there, your user ID is at the top of the settings um, uh, form, as it were, uh, and it actually combines and tells you uh, your Apple ID or your iCloud and iTunes um, IDs, whether they're logged in or not, um, and differentiates but combines them under yourself. What do you you mean by combines them? You're talking about people who have more than one? Yes. Yes. Visually combines them. So the iCloud setting shows you all of your Apple IDs that you're logged into. So... I yes, because I was a a Mac.com user, it wasn't possible in the early <clears> days of, I think it was iTunes made me open another account. I couldn't use my Mac.com for iTunes, or I couldn't mm-hmm. use my iTunes for Mac.com. One of those two ways around. I can't remember which way around that was. Basically, those of us who were using both iTunes and Mac.com in the early days have been forced to keep forevermore two Apple IDs because we can't merge them. So either we lose all of our iCloud stuff, which now contains an absolute ton of data for me, or we lose all of the apps we've ever purchased, which is an absolute shed load of music and apps and you name it. So we're stuck forever with these two IDs, and now it's one pane of glass to see the full status. And also, if you have a family, that will also be shown under there. So yeah. uh, I, I oh. set up a family uh, within our small nuclear family here, uh, just myself and my, my husband, and his I, iCloud ID now also shows up in my listing. So when if you want to sign out, if you go into that um, arena then, and at the bottom it says sign out, it then gives you, in my case, three options. Sign out of iCloud and store, sign out of iCloud or sign out of just the store. Aha. Uh-huh. Brilliant. I don't know where you guys are talking about, by the way. Settings, Wait, iCloud, but it's only if you've updated. Yeah. Yeah, I did update. update. Okay, then yeah, settings, settings like, iCloud, and then what are you saying I'm, I should see? Apps no, using no, iCloud. No, it should be at the top. As soon as you go into the settings. Um, okay, uh, regular settings. Do, do you have two top. Apple IDs, Alison? No, but but if oh, I've well, got a family, I would be able to see it too. Uh, okay, so at the very top, you see a picture. Okay, so... Oh, picture myself. Actually, yes, sorry, it's moved. Very, sorry, I'm wrong. It's at the very, very top of the settings. So not at the, yes. don't go into anything. Right. It's actually at the very top of settings. You okay, see and then in that... Uh, and so, where are you saying you could sign out of different different ways to sign so, out of iCloud? So, if you click if you click on your icon where it's got uh-huh. your Apple ID and scroll to the bottom, it says sign out. Right. And then for me, it comes up with those three options. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. And it also lists cool. all of the devices that your Apple ID is currently yes. signed yes. in, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. 
I actually um, I found my old <laughs> iPhone in there, which doesn't exist anymore, so I quickly deleted that. I suppose it's the next best thing, isn't it? To uh, it would have been what would have been really brilliant if that is, would be if they could say, okay, choose one, you can have that one, and we'll merge all the rest. But yeah, this is the next best. That's thing. the next one. That's the next one. Nick. Keep dreaming. Well, Keep dreaming. So. It could happen. I've asked and... Apple support that question. I've been told flat out, no, it's just way too difficult. And hopefully over time, this problem will go away. Like, yeah, when I and... die, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and equally, they also nag you about two-factor authentication. Which for a reason we talk about yeah. in story number four is probably good timing. Yeah. So I have now done the horrible thing of switching from two-step to two-factor. It's been a mostly smooth process. Not completely. But most smooth, but long and lots of screens and. I was very weird. quick actually in the new with the, I updated my Mac to the latest uh, Mac OS and it was really quick. took Took me about five minutes. Uh, then unfortunately, my one of my three four one of my four Macs decided crash every time I tried to sign in. So it is now off my iCloud again. But, but we'll get to that, that out. But all the rest of my Macs and all of my other iOS devices are absolutely fine, and it was all done. Like I was expecting to be occupied. I was expecting probably to be cranky, and I figured well, I'm cranky already, so now's as good a time as any. And it was <laughs> it was surprisingly straightforward. I, I, I had it built up in my head as a big problem, so I've been putting off for at least three months now. Anyway. Well, I think I scared you because it was uh, problematic you, for me. But... Not, not just you. Every podcast I listened to was full of people going, so I did it. Oh, my God. So I, I was, oh, many people, many people. Anyway. It wasn't hard. It was just step after step after step after step. I was like, wow. And one of John Gruber's guests said they did it when they were having family over in an hour. And that was a <laughs> terrible <laughs> That's idea. That's a mistake. Yeah. So I, I was sure I had plenty of free hours, uh, but I didn't need much of them. Anyway, next OS to get a big update again. All of these updates are security updates and some feature updates. So watchOS 3.2. The biggest new feature, I think, is theater mode, which... Silences the sounds and removes the thing where it wakes up when you raise your wrist. So oh, cool. You can still light up your watch hadn't... by physically tapping the screen, but it won't light I... up by itself. I can't believe it hadn't already got that because my, I'll say that dirty word, Android watch has been able to do it for ages. So I was re- <laughs> when I read that, I thought, what? It can't already do that? Well, <laughs> I, I guess it didn't occur to anyone. Probably, again, it's probably a case of start your photocopiers, but I'm glad they did. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it's really, it's really feature. cranky-inducing when you see all the screens light up in front of you. Now, if they could do it something where if you take your iPhone in, the screen is dimmed by 80% or something, that'd be great. Anyway. On my Android watch, I can actually just hold in the, the little button on the side, and that turns the screen off. And it won't come back on until you press that button again. On watchOS 3, there's a peak mode where you can use the scroll wheel to just very, very subtly bring up the screen. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> which is perfect for a cinema because that way you really just see it at like, you know, 5% brightness or whatever and then just roll the other way and it fades out again. It's, it's oh, perfect that's quite, for being very subtle in the dark. That's quite cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the other thing that comes with watchOS 3 is that the Siri Kit API has been added into the watch. So we can now expect developers to start adding Siri integration into their watch apps, not just into their iPhone, which I think will be welcome to many people. I end up shouting at my watch instead of shouting at Siri. 
I, I'll be honest, I, I don't talk to my stuff. I feel too much like an idiot. I, I worked hard to get over myself, and I failed. I, I just don't do it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I love, 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 love dictation on the, on the watch. I don't know what it is, but it's actually more reliable than anything else I can do. It's more reliable than I can type on the phone. It's more reliable than uh, dictation on the phone. I love it, and I use it all the time for, uh, you know, remind me to blah, blah, blah when I get home, that sort of oh. thing. So, uh yeah, I use it constantly. When I, especially like I'm out exercising and I'm listening to a podcast and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't ever idea, gotten those, actually, right, yeah, Bart? Because I often, I'm always listening to podcasts and I'm out and about, and people are often wrong, and then I forget. Exactly. So my, I just lift up my wrist and I say, "Remind me to tell Bart he was wrong." Or and when I get home, and it reminds me when I get home. Brilliant. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next OS to get an update is macOS. 99.99% of that update really was security. Um, however, there was a change in the UI for enabling two-factor auth, and also it nags you. Um, and Night Shift has come to the Mac with this version of macOS, so 10.12.4. Blech. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's on. But I did appreciate yeah. the new interface for turning on two-factor auth. That now there you well. go. Uh, tvOS then is just a bunch of minor tweaks and a bunch of security fixes. So tvOS is now 10.2. iTunes 12.6 has come out. A whole batter of security vulnerabilities there too. But it finally, and I don't like abusing that word because it's all clickbaity, but finally you can rent a movie on one iOS device and watch it on another. Imagine that's that. so, that's so right. late in coming, isn't it? That is so late in coming. Amazing. That's good, though. It is good. I mean, we should be thankful yeah. it's come at last, yeah. but wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, um, holy shit. Can I just, can I just say on iTunes, actually, though, uh, um, Adam Christensen is not happy with the UI of the mini player. I oh, heard that. Boy, yeah. boy, is he not happy with that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't please all of the people all of the time. I'm so angry with iTunes. I've actually switched to using my iPad Pro as a large uh, iTunes screen next to my Mac. Right. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed on uh, on the trip figuring out if, if I'm on my Mac and I want to find my uh, movies that I've ripped, mm-hmm. I have to go into my into my user account, into iTunes, into music, into media, into home movies. Oh, okay, wow. so my my movies are inside music, but if I go on the iPad, do you know where they are now? They're in TV. Took me like twenty minutes to find my movies on my iPad to figure out where they were. So they're either in music or TV. I think. Are they being fed through iTunes somewhere on a server, Alison? Uh, no, I, these are the ones I've ripped and I've pulled them into iTunes on my Mac and then synced right, my iPad, okay, my movies okay. over. I think I've got similar issues, but I've got lots of different classifications. Some movies are in TV, some movies are in my movies, and some movies are where they should be. And I think it's down to the classification of the metadata, poss- poss- possibly. That makes some sense, actually, yeah. And with the TV app, which you guys have and we don't, or maybe maybe it's in the UK, but it's certainly not in Ireland, that, that again, that's a single, in theory, a single pane of glass into lots of data sources, which you'd imagine should simplify the problem, not make it more complicated. But don't call it TV when it's moving. Oh, yeah, 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 point, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair point. TVOS is just minor tweaks. And then iTunes 12, okay, moves across devices. The other one, which is sort of on the list of, I can't believe this didn't work before. But the Apple TV remote app, which I just sort of assumed would work on an iPad, now works on an iPad. Apparently huh. it's a nice UI. I never even thought to look for it. 
Yeah, neither did I, because my phone's in my pocket and my iPad is somewhere. <laughs> anyway. And then finally, iWork got some TLC and new features. Actual new features. What? Yeah, I, I iWork? I thought they'd abandoned that, but apparently not. Uh, there is support for password-protected documents. And that support includes support for Touch ID to unlock your documents on your own devices, including on the Mac, if you have a Touch ID Mac, like some people do. And we have equation editing in MathML and LaTeX notations, which, as someone who lives in academia, that just made me smile from ear to ear. With a LaTeX notification, you can pretty much write any equation that you could possibly see on Einstein's blackboard. It is amazing. So that is such a cool thing to add into the Apple suite, particularly for people who might like to give lectures in science-y and engineering-y disciplines, or STEM disciplines, I guess, uh, using Keynote. Or, I guess, for people writing theses in the same sort of, or doing their homework in the same sort of areas of uh, study. So I think it's great. As long as, they, as long as they leave the interaction with iCloud alone, stop messing about with it. <laughs> I, I think I'll iCloud is, is, is just becoming subtly more reliable as all that seems to be mm. happening with it, which is fine yep. by me. Absolutely fine by me. Absolutely. Uh, not uh, part can of I, this... Can I, can I just jump in? We, yes. we all seem to be surprised that iWork's still about. It's really what they're calling their suite of apps, isn't it? They call they call um, keynote pages and numbers. They, they put them under the iWork banner. I'm not even sure if Apple still do. I did because it was easy. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's like you can go to their website and they've got a big page saying I work and it's talking about documents, spreadsheets, presentations. Oh, okay. uh, and, it, and it's basically pages, numbers and keynote. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't sure because most of the headlines were pages, comma, numbers and keynote get updated. Yeah. I was like, I'm not typing on that. I work. <laughs> I, I still use pages regularly. Yeah. <laughs> but numbers is my big thing because, sorry, Alison, I hate Excel. Um, I use it for invoicing, and I want my invoices to look pretty and to behave like a spreadsheet all at the same time, which basically Numbers is great at. And yeah, but Excel is really clever if you want to do really serious stuff. I, 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 my approach to that tends to be that's what Perl is for. <laughs> Just whip up the script. But anyway, that's different different strokes for different folks, as they say. Absolutely. Uh not part of any of Apple's press releases or stuff, but it nonetheless very much related to big changes. So I put it in a story number two. I, I guess I could have mushed it into this already mega story number one, but I, I've decided to spit it out into its own. Apple have made an acquisition. Apple have purchased Workflow, which is the automator-inspired app for iOS. And they haven't just bought the app, they've also taken the people. So it's sort of an aqua hire with all the all, everything basically the, the the intellectual property and the intellectuals for want of a better description, um, and they immediately made the app free. Uh, they're going to refund people who bought the app recently. I think, not I don't remember exactly what their definition of recent was. I forgot to check that. Whether it's one month or two weeks, I'm not sure. Um, but some people are mildly cranky because when Apple made the app free. They removed some features. And basically, there are two competing theories on the Twitter sphere. Apple are malicious, obviously. <laughs> and Apple lawyers made them do it, which is a theory that came from some developers. So it's plausible. Or did that come from Mueller on Peyton Lee Apple? I don't remember now who, the, who, who first posited that. 
Well, basically, those are the, the people who are, who see the glass as half full see it as being lawyers muddling, meddling. And the people who are convinced that will is Satan are convinced that it's malice, for sure. Definitely. Couldn't be anything else. So make up your own mind. I, I have no actual opinion. Either way... There's a lot of people who swear by it, but I played around with it for a while. I, it must have been free at one point or really cheap because I know I, I played with it. I bought and it. And I couldn't... I couldn't figure out a problem it solved for me. That's sort of like the when thing. I first started looking at Automator, I couldn't figure out what I needed it for, and eventually I found some things. But in general, I have you guys found something to do with it that you no. needed done? And I discovered a pattern. The people who adore it were frustrated by something, and they found workflow. Yeah. The people who abandon it were told by people who love it how great it is, <laughs> but didn't have a problem to be solved. It's like... I mean, over here we have these German stores, uh, Little and Aldi, who do weekly specials where they sell cool stuff at a cheap price for one week only. The amount of people with power washers but no car and, (laughs) uh, you know... Wait, you don't power wash a car, Bart. Power washers are for driveways. People who live in apartments on the fifth floor or something. Okay. Right? (laughs) Or people with chainsaws with no trees. And basically people who say, well, that's cool and that's really cheap and they buy it, but they have no actual use for it. And I think an awful lot of people who buy stuff and who bought work are in that same boat. It doesn't actually solve a problem. And lo and behold, it just gathers digital. So I wouldn't say it doesn't solve a problem. I would say there's many of us for whom it did not solve a problem. That's what I mean. Sorry, I'm talking about those people, right? Because the people for whom it does solve a problem, they evangelize. Like, I have never found someone to be ho-hum about workflow. They either think it's dumb or they think it's the second coming. It's Marmite. I was going to say, but last time I said that, someone complained that it wasn't international. Enough. <laughs> well, let's, the, uh... let's face it, it's, um, it's probably... I mean, Apple obviously sees something in it, otherwise they wouldn't have bought it, would they? I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's going to be more integration with automation on the Mac. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, the big thing for me is with Sal Segoyan leaving recently, or not leaving, being fired, let's be blunt about it, I was very worried that Apple didn't get that automation matters. If Apple didn't get that automation matters, why would they have bought Workflow? Oh, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. So obviously yeah, it they is want ironic, to by the way. It's yeah. ironic, by the way, that Bart chose uh, Power Washer and Chainsaw. That's, those are two of the uh, Mother's Day presents I got from Steve. <laughs> yeah, you see, what happens when your brain goes to mush is your ability to think randomly goes to zero. <laughs> it is pure. You could ask me any sort of question now, and you have like the world's best Rorschach test. My brain can't go to imagine this now. <laughs> dangerous, actually, now I think about it. Um, so, yeah, I think for me... I'm not interested in Workflow because it doesn't solve a problem for me. I have it in the back of my head as if I ever run into a problem, I will try to use Workflow, but it just hasn't happened yet because I'm a very heavy Mac user. And for me, the iPad and the iPhone serve a different role. They're not where I go for heavy lifting. They can do heavy lifting, but just it's not how they've fitted into my life is all I'm saying. No one shout at me, please. (laughs) So I was purely interested from the point of view oh, thank goodness they haven't given up on automation. So obviously what they've decided is what they have now isn't working, and the fact that Automator gets so little traction and services get so little traction, maybe they're not wrong to change course. Yeah. I'm curious. This has piqued my interest. Do you think workflow is more visual? Do you think that's what it is? I'm not sure it is more visual than, than Automator. No, maybe not. I, I, I never really found a use for Automator either. 
Um, I I did because, like I say, I do my heavy lifting on the Mac, so Automator can run Perl scripts, which means anything right. I can do in Perl, I yeah. can now tie into the GUI and just right click on a file and run a Perl script against it, or yeah. bind it to a keystroke. I think, I think if you were into scripting, it obviously makes a lot of sense, but. No, I, see, they're, they're actually, if, if you've got if you've got a bunch of repetitive tasks, which they're, they're, when I first came over to the Mac, I, I was all over Automator. I loved it um, because it was there was some tasks which I were doing around PDF creation um, and placing them in certain areas, which I, I, I created an Automator script for it and, and right. uh, yeah. then put it in services, and it was just superb, great. But as you know. Alison always says you've got to have a you know you've got to have something to do with these applications and I was in exactly the same place as, as Alison was um, when it came to workflow on the iOS I, I, I opened it up and thought great uh, now what and, I, and I, you, you're dead right but absolutely dead right that's uh, you either it's not that you love it or hate it it's either you have a a lot of uses use or not. for it or you yeah. don't and yeah, yeah. So to give an example of the stuff I would do with Automator, we, I regularly need to work with MAC addresses and everything we have requires the MAC address to be in the Linux format, which is all lowercase separated by colon. Everyone who copies and pastes a MAC address from a Cisco switch gives it to me in four dotted pairs. So pairs of four <laughs> instead of two. Everyone who copies and pastes from Windows gives it to me in all uppercase with minus signs. Everyone who copies and pastes <laughs> it from Juniper switches gives it to me in some other format. I think they use four and then a minus sign just to really confuse things. And I, I actually have a keystroke, uh, control command M for MAC address, which takes whatever's in the clipboard, runs some regular expressions against it, and replaces the clipboard with the right sodding version of the MAC address, no matter what app I'm in when. And I use that hundreds of times a day. And it yeah. took about five lines of code to do, and I had, and five minutes basically, and it has saved me probably over the last 10 years, hours. If when you have a problem to be solved, it is amazing, and if you don't, it's just a waste of your time. If yeah. you're inter- if you're in- at all interested in it, Nick, then just doing searches for you know automator scripts and what it's done, um, it, it, it's really interesting. But it's exactly the workflow and that exactly the same. Unless you've got a reason to use it, then you've got to have an interest in why it's there. To yeah, to I mean, I did have it. I did have a look at it a long time ago, and. Um, I always found it a little bit frustrating because I could never quite, quite get it to do what I wanted it to do. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. You run into the but, limit but, where but, you have to script. Yeah, but That's I am. Yeah. But I am a man who. I mean, my job is is uh, doing capacity reporting, and a lot of the um, we produce somewhere in the region of three to four thousand charts. Now, if I had to do that manually. That would be horrible, but I don't. I have Visual Basic scripts that actually do it ah, all for well, that me. that is automation, just, right? It's just automation well, it by is, someone else. It is. So I am into automation in my job. But like like you were just saying, at home I don't have much use for yeah, it, and therefore yeah. I suppose I've never really got into it. Exactly. I, I say I use it for little services and things. That just right-click on an image and I have a, a little service that just converts yeah. it to the size I want That's for it. my blog and little things like that throws in a drop shadow, that kind of thing. As I say, the fact that they all integrated Automator with services was the big win for, for, for the Uber nerds. Anyway, does anyone else have anything to add, or will I take us to story number three? I think story number three sounds good. By the way, I, I need to interject real quick okay. here, Bart. I just realized I have to leave for a haircut in 15 minutes. Okay, well then, I appreciate the fact that you were here with us for part of the show, Alison. And um, <laughs> when you, when you need to that. go, just pipe in so you can plug yourself. 
and then <laughs> happily <laughs> leave. Don't don't leave yourself uncomfortable in time. Just you know, take the time. Okay. Don't don't stretch. Don't cause stretch. Pop, just go, bye bye. It's all yeah. the peas. Pipe and plug. Pipe and plug. There we go. <laughs> um, now this this story is amazing on many levels. So the, the, the Apple called into a room five journalists. And they put into that room a whole bunch of Apple people, including Craig Federici and uh, Phil Schiller. And the reason they invited them in was to tell them to their face that the Mac Pro isn't working out. They know it's not working out. They understand that they boxed themselves into a corner. Apparently there was a problem with the the, the cooling in the, in the trash can, turns out, mean that they couldn't actually get modern GPUs in there because they wouldn't actually work in that design. And they have decided to completely rethink the Mac Pro. They're not throwing in the towel. They're completely rethinking it. They're talking the magic word they used was a modular design, allowing for the easy upgrading of CPUs. Uh, Sorry, not CPUs, GPUs, which is a big thing everyone cares about, and obviously RAM and stuff as well. And they say it's going to be a complete from-the-ground-up redesign. They also implied... They didn't say it directly, but from stuff they did say, everyone is like, holy bleep, they've been talking to pros and listening to pros. And they have actually based their strategy for this product on what pros say they need. So that is being worked on, but it's not going to be out this year. Everyone's interpreting... I must just just stop you there, Bart, because um, I I, I want to say what everyone else, I'm sure, thought when they read this. This is Apple we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Things are different under under Tim Cook. I, I could never see Steve Jobs. Amazing. So this isn't due this year. Like this isn't due. You know, normally when Apple brief the press or whatever, it's at the very least something coming soon. No, this is everyone's interpreting as 2018, but actually what they said was not this year. And Gruber pressed them on it. He went so 2018, and they went not this year, which is Apple code for move on. Um, oh, it doesn't mean it won't be 2018. It means they're not prepared to nail their trousers to the mast. <laughs> um, that way, if you nail your trousers to the mast, you can't climb down. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit of humor uh, for anyone who remembers the wonderful TV series Yes Minister. Um, <laughs> so, what they're doing in the meantime is that they are giving the Mac in current design as much of a bump as they can without breaking the cooling and dropping the price by $1,000. So if you need a Mac Pro to tide you over, you now get a lot more bang for your... The the base model has gotten more powerful significantly from 4 cores to 6, for example. And that base model is now $1,000 less. So the the whole range has shifted down and powered up. Presuming at the very top, perhaps, it just shifted down. But... You know, so that at least is something. And then the final thing to drop is that they are not just working on a Mac Pro. They are working on a new Apple display. So the Apple Cinema, well, they may not call it a cinema display, but Apple are not out of the display business. I think the fact the ultra-fine display from, who was that company that messed it up so badly? Was it LG? LG, yeah. I can only hear it in Ken Ray's voice. LG's ultra fine <laughs> gay display or whatever he says so I, I i think that didn't work for them uh so new mac pro and new apple display 
on the web. So uh, what, are what we're seeing, it just struck me, uh, is Apple trying these things and then obviously when it's not working, backing back out and, and going along the lines because they haven't got enough of their own conviction anymore? I think they have too much conviction still because they should have made this, <laughs> this reversal about two years ago. Well, oh, I agree with you on that one. Yes, yeah. But so I, they I really tried about... to make the trash can work. Yeah, and I was only thinking about the LG couldn't... screen, really, as well. And the LG screen. Yeah, the LG screen, they seemed to turn around on pretty quickly because the thing yeah. didn't launch. And then when it did, it was broke down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went unlaunched. Yeah. They seem to always end up unhappy when they rely on somebody else. Yes. You know, you see them keep pulling away from every vendor one at a time. Uh, yeah. Anybody helping them do anything, it's like, okay, if I can't rely on you, I'm going to do it myself. Which has worked well for them for most things because that A-series processor is the reason your iPhone feels so smooth and so quick. And that's only possible when you do your own because the software and hardware are utterly integrated in a way that other vendors can't do because they don't make their own chip. So it's generally worked out pretty darn well for them. Um, And I guess they've just had that message hammered home. If you want a high-quality display, make it yourself. What's that old cliche, if you want a job done right, do it yourself? Exactly. I mean, on the Mac Pro, there's there's two sides to this, though, isn't there? It, it, it's good news that they're going down this this avenue. Good news that have listened. But yeah, I I agree with you. But is it? I hope it's not too little, too late. Yeah. Actually, so, you know, that's also... the third time I've heard somebody say that on a podcast on this exact subject. If this is had come out as a leak, if this had been leaked, I think it probably would have been too little, too late. The fact that they did something so on Apple like probably gives us a gravitas that will hold yeah, much more weight. Yeah, possibly. Nick, you were chiming in there and I, I accidentally stomped on you. Uh, uh, yes, on? My, mind, my mind's gone completely blank now. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, Bart, it's catching. It is catching. Well, don't worry. I have one more thing I realise isn't even in the show notes, but I should have been in the show notes. Um, they've also said, without putting a date on it, but putting a fairly, uh, fair, uh, much more of a qualification... This year, quote, later this year, which I guess means tomorrow or the 29th of December, but 30th of December? Anyway, this year, 31st of December, this year we are getting <laughs> new iMacs and one of the, some of the models at the higher end are targeted specifically at Pro. Sorry, Nick, but woohoo for Steve. <laughs> and for me. Steve's I, I been have wanting a, a new Mac for a while. My iMac has run out of Apple Care, therefore... It is ripe for being replaced. Mm-hmm. My theory on these things. And I also have been saving up because I knew when my Apple Care would end. So I have money and I have an app, uh, a Mac that I can conscience free replace. And Apple have said they're making new ones. So yay. I know what I was going to say. Uh, what I was going to say was exactly what you've just said. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it must have gone straight out of my head and into yours. Well, I, I've had it in the back of my mind for the last five minutes going, when, can I, when is there a gap in the conversation before I forget? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all in all, quite interesting. And the other thing that I yep. didn't put in the show notes because I, I hadn't read it until about five minutes before recording is that they also gave some numbers. And one of the, one of the numbers that caught my ear was uh, they consider 30% of their users to be pro users. That's a lot. It is, it is a lot. So I guess they're yeah. I, I find that's such one of those funny phrases. You know, we all want to be called pro, right? Well, I work in IT. I'm an I'm a pro. Uh-huh. Twelve inch MacBook, which is the most unpro laptop in the world. But shush. <laughs> <laughs> I do want an ultra. I do want a five K iMac though, and that's pro. 
yeah. <laughs> not sure I need a 5K iMac, but I want a 5K iMac. Yeah, so I wonder if that, that 30% is a true reflection of the pros, Alison. I think it's the amount of people who buy what they consider pro machines. How else yeah, could they possibly so come up with the number? Well, they do lots of surveys. Actually, sorry, I'm I, I talking, my brain just farted there. I know how they define it. Someone who launches at least one pro app at least once a week. What's the definition of a pro app? Uh, Apple have <laughs> that definition. Happy. Hope it's not it's Logic Pro. <laughs> and uh, what's that one? Final Cut. Final, Final Cut 10 or Pro 10 or whatever it's called these Final days. Final Cut Pro 10. And one would assume that they will degrade themselves to considering the Adobe Suite Pro. Well, that's that's the thing. How, how do you know? I mean, I use ScreenFlow. I would to do video screencasts for which I am paid. That sounds yes. like pro to yep. me. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. by the way, Aperture was in the pro list because I remember I had a problem once and they said, well, we're really not allowed to help you because that's a pro app. And then they helped me anyway. They sent me – well, they sent me to the right team to get the help. But uh, Oh, okay. At least they didn't just say that good day and hang up the phone. That would have been terrible. Yeah, technically they should have, though, according to what their policy was. So I really wonder. I mean, if you're doing AutoCAD, can you still can you do AutoCAD on a Mac? If you're doing 3D modeling, I'd call that I'd call that Pro. So I don't you're know right. what they call Pro. It can get very confusing, can't it? Because um, one of the things that really drives me up the wall <laughs> is listening to people say uh, that, that some of the uh, the uh, Apple laptops, the Pro laptops, are for professionals. But I don't believe they are. I think the pros are for are just the top of their line, and this the way we mix up the word pro from the machines and professionals. Yeah, it just doesn't work really. Because no, that word for is the very reason that you could be a professional without having a pro machine. So it's the DIY market <laughs> killed that word because the word amateur used to mean someone who does something for the love, and it was considered a very positive yeah. thing. And now it's just considered absolute garbage. Oh, I have an amateur phone or I'm an amateur photographer. Oh, you're rubbish then. It's like, no, I'm an amateur photographer in the real sense of the word. And <laughs> pro used to mean makes their living at this thing. Yeah. And now pro just means good and amateur means crap. It's terrible. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what the words mean. But anyway, that's language evolving. No. I, I can't remember which podcast it was on, but they were talking about the fact that Apple are now really touting um, uh, augmented reality. And I heard them, somebody saying, I, I wish I could remember which podcast it was and the, the exact statement, but it was along the lines of the fact that AR software and AR apps need a lot of beef. And even, yeah. the, current, even the current Mac Pro machines may struggle with creating those and, and help people, you know, defining those applications. Sorry if you can hear some coughing in the back. It's my... It's my very old dog. Yes. Okay. Oh. Here, if a human was making that noise, I would be saying, call the ambulance. And <laughs> That's leave my the daughter. <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. So, oh, so, hang so on. I, Wait. So I'm wondering whether this move on the Mac Pro is also to enable that moving forward because mm-hmm. Apple are talking AR all over the place. That's what I was going to say. To prove your point, Oculus Rift refused to support the Mac because even the Mac Pro isn't good enough to do Oculus. All right. And the other thing I was going to say is the reason I like to use the word power user is because it's easier to define than pro. Yes. I could argue with you that one too, Bart. <laughs> In fact, I believe on my show we have argued, you and I, about that. Possibly, but to me that means that if you are a whiz at Excel, you're a power user of Excel. It doesn't have to be pro apps. You can be a power user with any app. So it's more friendly term. I guess. 
recognizes nerdery in all of its shades and colors. <laughs> now it's in the eye of the beholder. Okay, so fourth and final main story. This you is know, a Mark, weird before you one. dig in, you're, I think that's where I'll I'll go ahead and jump off. Perfect. Okay, like Allison, thank I, you very much for jumping in at the last minute. I thoroughly appreciate it. And would you like to let the good listeners know where you hang out? Sure. Uh, my website is podfeet.com, and there you can find two shows, Chit Chat Across the Pond and the No Cast, starring Bart Bouchotts for the last week. And uh, it's a, a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias, so it's made for you. And you can find it. Uh, you can find me uh, on uh, Twitter at podfeet. We'll talk to you guys later. It was fun meeting you, Nick, and uh, always a pleasure, Gaz. And get well, Bart. Thank you very much, Allison. And uh, the bias was more than ever so slight when I was hosting your shows. Sorry about that. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Allison. Okay, so the last main story is a weird one in the extreme. A (laughs) cybercrime gang (laughs) calling themselves the Turkish crime family, so there is no doubt... With this organization's orientation is trying to extort Apple with the threat that it will wipe out 300 million iCloud accounts if Apple do not pay them a ransom of either $75,000 in cryptocurrency, which I believe they accepted Bitcoin or Ethereum, or $100,000 in iTunes, which I guess means they're charging Apple a 30%. Um... It does seem clear that they have at least some usernames and passwords because they demonstrated such to uh, Motherboard. Uh, But everyone seems to think that they got them through the more traditional means of good old-fashioned password reuse because so many major sites cough Yahoo billions of accounts. Uh, So many usernames and passwords have been barfed up all over the place and all these massive breaches like the big Adobe breach, the big Yahoo breach is plural and many many more to boot that if you just try those credentials you may very well end up with a large set of credentials and then of course you have good old fashioned phishing which also continues to be a successful method of getting people to simply tell you their username and password so that's the leading theory Apple have said they have looked into this, there was there is definitely no compromise of Apple servers, and Apple are actively monitoring what's going on with Apple IDs to look for any sort of suspicious activity. To me, I would simply say, resetting your password can do no harm, and enabling 2FA can only protect you from this kind of thing, so maybe it's a good time to do that. It does become weirder and weirder, doesn't it? Because yes. why, why would they give them such a, everybody such a big warning? It's too long for a start. And also, if they give them iTunes vouchers, how likely is it that the police won't find out who's using those iTunes vouchers? Well, they'll sell those on the market somewhere. That, that, I just, it, it just, it's all weird. It's all weird. Ah, uh, yeah. Whisper, because they're, they're probably listening in now. <laughs> it's, it, it's such a weird one. If you're gonna, if you're gonna. You know, I mean, there's no earthly way that Apple are not going to take this supremely seriously. We know that they have referred it to the FBI. So if you're going to take such a colossal, spectacular risk, risk, <laughs> at least oh. ask them, put another three zeros after those numbers or something. <laughs> I mean, the order of magnitude should definitely be X million, whether it's one million, two million or whatever. 
even a hundred thousand dollars in iTunes. Yeah, I can just see it now. I could because apparently the this group is based in London. Where are they called? I, the British pre- I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. Well, it's a cosmopolitan place, but London of all places. I'm pretty sure they were based in in London, and I can just see that the, the guy coming back now. I've I've sent I've sent the note out. Oh, you've missed the noughts off. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or they left off the twenty thousand packets of crisps that they would have taken. <laughs> Again, if this had broke on April first, I would have just chalked it up to being yeah, April first, an April Fool's so, joke. But it didn't. It so broke the, ser- well the serious point is, change your password at least, but yeah. and don't use the same password in multiple areas on online. But it really is weird. This one, isn't it? it yeah. You know, it's strange we should mention this tonight because um, I had an email today from Log Me In oh. to say that someone had tried to log into my account. Ah. Uh, and uh, so I obviously didn't follow any links on emails, just in case, uh, and logged in and enabled two-factor authentication. But it did say it was someone in Russia. So oh, that's not good. Go. That's no. many shades of not good. Didn't they have a breach at some stage? Oh, well, maybe they did. Anyway... I have I'm protected there now. And I am in the process of uh, making sure that my 1Password uh, stuff is all working and running. Excellent. Well, the, it, does it does it do the kind of two-factor auth that 1Password um, supports? It sends support? you a text. Oh, it sends you a text. Okay, well, that works everywhere. 1Password yeah. has support for Google Authenticator built right into the app. So any website that offers Google Authenticator-style scan the barcode, you can stick those straight into one password and have them sync to all your devices, which is amazing. Oh, right. I didn't know that. I, I, I discovered it recently when I started looking into the best ways to protect stuff like my GitHub account, which is, obviously, if you give away free open source code, you really don't want someone to put their malware into your free open source code you put all your heart and soul into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, Hover.com, where all of my domains live, and I really don't... Like, if someone takes over my DNS, they can do anything with my reputation. So they're two really important ones, obviously. So I did two-factor off on both, and they both supported the Google Authenticator style, which I prefer to SMS, because the SMS network's a bit... Yeah. And then I discovered... I had a vague memory in the back of my head that it was possible to one password, so I did a quick Google, found Don McAllister, the wonderful Don McAllister, explaining how to do it in, like, two seconds. It was really easy. And now I use it just about every day, and it is amazing. Yeah, right. For anyone listening, two-factor auth is getting easier. Yeah. It can only be. Probably good. Okay. Final thing for this uh, this month's show is some quick stories to rattle through. So I have moaned many, 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 many times that Apple Pay is not in Ireland, and I believe I said it would never be here because Ireland is just too small. Well, I eat a small amount of humble pie. Apple Pay is in Ireland. My bank, on the other hand, <laughs> no, which made me initially cranky. And I went, oh, sod it. I'm cranky. Let's make use of this. So I rang my bank, customer service. And I said, I've just read in the paper, because it was on the Irish Independent or something. I read it online, of course. But anyway, I just read in the paper on my way into work that uh, you guys, that there is Apple Pay in Ireland. And I was horrified to find you were not on the list. And to my surprise, the lady did not say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't comment on that, but I will note your comments and pass them up the chain. No, what she said was a clearly prepared statement. We are currently in negotiation with Apple and hope to update you soon. Excellent. Ooh. Which is way more frank than I thought where I was going to get. <clears throat> also, she, she had in the same prepared statement, Jackie said, actually, the actual wording was multiple vendors, including Apple and Google. 
the actual exact wording she used. So they're obviously getting Android Pay too. Yep. So that and since she told it to me directly, there was I don't think I'm under any sort of confidentiality. I'm talking about allied Irish banks, or as they're known more usually, AIB. So anyone else who banks with AIB in Ireland, which is probably like one of our listeners, <laughs> but apparently they're on they're on it they're on it. And those of you who bank with Ulster Bank or KBC do not have to wait. You guys have it already. Uh, which of course, as soon as I updated my iPhone to ten uh, three. Immediately, I got a pop up saying "enable enable Apple Pay" or "Apple Pay is now yeah. available." Do you want to scan your yeah. credit card? It's like I would love to scan my credit card. Anyway, so that's the, that's the first thing to say. Um, Apple have also released their latest supplier responsibility report. I can summarize it really quite quickly. Everything is improving. They're cracking down on a bunch of abuses in the supply chain, and basically, the progress is plodding but steady and in the right direction. Uh, any, anyone feel I mischaracterized it? No. No. Good. <laughs> That's fine. Alexa has made its way to iOS by not by being an Alexa app or having core OS support, which is never going to happen. Uh, but instead, Amazon have added Alexa to the Amazon app. So I guess you can use Alexa to buy stuff very, very quickly, which is obviously in Amazon's um, interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swatch. The watch company I was always envious of because watch watches were really cool when I was a kid and I never got one. Anyway, Swatch have decided that they don't want to use Android to make smartwatches. They instead believe that they will reimagine the smartphone market and take watches back from Apple, sorry, smartwatch market, uh, by making their own OS from scratch. And uh, they're not telling us when they've finished. They're instead pretty much telling us when they're starting. And uh, they're hoping that they should be able to get it out by late 2018. So realistically, probably 2019. Uh, So that means that the first iteration will be not a fail, but they'll have all sorts of problems. We're talking 2020 before they're really into the smart. And by that time, the ship has sailed, right? That's like, that's like, Windows Phone showing up in the in the phone market, even if it's as good a product as Windows Phone was, as imaginative a product as Windows Phone was, yeah, Windows Phone is still dead. By that time, we'll have flying watches. I hope not. <laughs> Probably not facing the bloody, cracking the bloody thing down as it is. Actually, no, that's not true. It's on my wrist from the moment I get up in the morning. I go to bed. Easiest thing to find, actually. But I'd still rather it stay put. <laughs> good good for competition but I think Swatch should you know probably, no, I don't think it's probably good for competition bit... I think they've just missed their opportunity they should have gone well yeah no, I was going to say they're a bit late to the, the, the party yeah they could be in they could have a smartwatch out by late 2017 if they put their heart and soul it. into doing yeah, the best yeah. you can with Android wear or Android gear or Galaxy gear or whatever whatever it's called oh it is Android wear anyway Samsung have unveiled their latest flagship phone the Galaxy S8. Its most recognizable feature is obviously its edge-to-edge curved screen. So the screen isn't curved in the middle. It it just bevels away at the edge and the screen rolls around with it. There is a teeny tiny chin and a teeny tiny forehead, for for a better description. But basically, it's just big enough to squeeze in with the absolute tightest of margins the sensors that are needed to actually make a phone be a phone. All of the rest of it is screen. This has meant that the a fingerprint sensor is on the back, making some people a bit... Mm. Mm. And also, unfortunately, they thought it would be a genius idea 
to allow you to choose either a pin code, fine, or a fingerprint, fine, or facial recognition to unlock your phone. Now, in the demo area of the presentation, that had already been hacked. Because <laughs> one of the journalists had the great idea to take a picture of himself on his iPhone or whatever he was using, probably an Android phone, thinking about it. Anyway, on his current actual personal smartphone, he took a picture of his own face. He held that on his phone up to the new Galaxy S8 and it dutifully unlocked. Excellent. So, completely and utterly dumb. When called out and it, Samsung said, oh, I mean, we know it's not as secure as other things, but we thought it would be fun. Okay, so security in Samsung, still not quite there. Earth. It's as, it's as secure as you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, but, if but you no, really see, the, thing, the problem I have with that feature is when it gives you a security theater. You may as well just not bother with a passcode at all. Well, that's the true. same level of security you're getting. But at least if you don't have a passcode, you know you don't have a passcode. Yeah. If if they did, they actually say we thought it'd be fun, or is is that you that is using the quote that I heard when listening to either uh, Adam or Ken? Okay. All right. Well, if they the if they said that, then that is disastrous, precisely for that point. Because if they're putting it in as a security open your phone feature and then saying we thought it would be fun, you've either got to send it as one message or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the phone itself, though, looks tray tray sexy, if I may say so. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah, nice. Gotta say, yes. It does not say. look like a clone of Apple's industrial design. It looks like what the rumor mill thinks Apple is probably working on, but they have to do the work themselves, <laughs> right? I'm sorry, yeah, you can't yes. call that copying. <laughs> Preemptive strike. Oh, it clearly is, and they beat Apple to market. Now, I think one of the reasons Apple has been held back is because they they can't deliver a product that you can only make in small quantities. They ship an iPhone, they have to be able to make tens of millions of them in the first few months. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't go until the technology reaches a level of maturity that Android don't have the same issue with their high-end phones and this is own this is their flagship phone. So they will sell far you know, the percentage of Android of Galaxy of Samsung phones sold the S8 will be a tiny percentage because they yeah. sell way more phones than Apple do, but way fewer high-end phones. Yeah. A related story, I think, is that Apple have struck a deal with Samsung. Obviously, a different division of Samsung because Samsung are a massive conglomerate. They're, they're more a loose confederation of warring tribes than they are a company. Uh, so with the Samsung people, what make bendable OLED displays? And that doesn't mean that the screen you build is flexible. It means that the panel is flexible and therefore can go under curved glass. <laughs> Apple has struck a deal with Samsung for 70 million of such displays over the next two years. Realistically, that means that only two companies are going to be able to access these displays because there's only so many of them can be built. Realistically, that means that only Samsung or Apple are in this game for now. Yep. And it mm -hmm. also means there's no way Apple struck a deal for bendable OLED displays if the iPhone rhymes with, you know, the, whatever we're calling the next one. Whether it's the, I've heard rumors of iPhone Pro, iPhone Edition, iPhone 8, all sorts of rumors. iPhone 10th Edition, which is 10th Anniversary Edition, which sounds a bit too mouthy. It's, anyway. the, new, it's the new iPhone Triangular Edition. Oh, I, it's, it's spherical. <laughs> it's spherical iPhone. 
Very good. <laughs> yeah, I've lost my thread now completely because <laughs> as soon as you said triangular, um, the um, the meteor belt came into mind because apparently it goes around the sun in a triangular orbit. But that, more of that later. Oh. I'm sure. I'm sure Bart and I'll have a conversation about that after this program. Um, yeah. I've lost my thread on the bed. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> what I was saying that hopefully may or may not trigger your your memories is that uh, clearly Apple is building a round phone. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yes. I th- is it time for them not to just give them a number and start naming them things? <laughs> I like, don't know. Like Sapphire or, or Grass or, you know, some it's California very easy name. to tell you have the newest one if it has a number. True, true. And yeah, but yeah, but mm, are you ask an be... Android user, are you on the latest OS? And they go, I've no idea what version of Android means. It says five point something. I don't know if that's the latest. <laughs> and yeah. uh, apparently yeah. it's called KitKat or something. It's like, mm, what comes after yeah. K? L. What chocolatey thing? Or sweet confection is starts with an L. Lollipop? Oh, there was one of those, so no, you're not on the latest. M. Maltesers? Yeah. Don't think so. M&Ms? No, I haven't heard of that one. I don't <laughs> think All right, you've M, made your point. You've sure. made your point. <laughs> well, I actually don't know if there is an M, so if anyone can correct me on whether or not there is an M, and if so, which confection it is, I would much appreciate it. But I don't know. Anyway. And yeah, <laughs> but if somebody, says, if somebody says to me, is that a new iPhone? I just say yes. <laughs> They don't know. What's no, of course I know, because it is. But th- that's the point. If somebody says you know, they look at it, they, you can, there's no number on my phone. You can't see what the what the number is. Yeah, and, and says, how? Oh no! Oh, it just says iPhone S. So it's the second generation of something. If I look at yeah, my it just says iPhone on the back of my. Yeah, so I have a, an S inside a roundy square underneath where it says iPhone. So you must have a first generation of something. It's a seven. Whereas I have a six S. Interesting. Interesting. So you can tell a six from a six S if you hold them next to each other, but only if you hold them next to each other. Interesting. So you know. So somebody asked me. Yes, it is the latest. Right. So Fair enough. I, I don't yeah, know. I'll, I'll take that yeah. point. Okay. Um, final thing then in this quick section with air quotes. Um, Apple will announce their Q2 earnings. On May 2nd. So hopefully we will have uh, Linda Goucher on on the May edition of the uh, podcast to tell us all about how wonderful or terrible or in between Apple are doing and how we should interpret it. Whatever numbers it is, they have to share with us a little over, well, a little under a month from now, but two shows from now. Guys, I just want to thank you very much for your time. Um, I haven't, because I'm so scatterbrained, I actually haven't been watching the. Uh, oh! Clock. <laughs> Okay, yes. long show then. <laughs> we, 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 we need to get you a big clock, Bart. <laughs> maybe I should use my iPad for that as well as replacing iTunes. Just a giant clock. Given that it's an iPad Pro, it would be a very giant clock. Okay, you know, so it's just a... Before, just before we started... Sorry, Nick. Yeah, just before we started, my, my clock was saying it was 5.03. Uh, and when I hovered my uh, pointer over the... The, all the marker bar had frozen up there. I was just getting the little spinny wheel. Oh. But I, I found it. I, I did a quick Google, and I had to restart. I had to kill the sis something or other. Oh. 
and it's and it's all back to normal now. I'm pleased. I have to say, to say I'm impressed with your multitasking skills <laughs> <laughs> on a live show patching a Mac that's in use. I'm impressed. Anyway, oh, no, 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 that, this was before. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still impressed. Um, marginally less. I would have been uber impressed. Anyway, um, guys, thank you very much for giving so freely of your time. I, I did take quite a bit of it. And uh, would you please let the listeners know where you can be found? And I'll go in the reverse order, which I wrote down this time because I knew I'd be mushy-brained. So going in reverse, uh, Nick, where can you be found on the internet? Uh, you can find me as uh, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H, on uh, Twitter. And that's about it, really. Cool. Well, again, nothing wrong with that. And I always love having you on. That's what matters. Yeah. Gaz. Thank you, Bart. I enjoyed it. Good. Gaz, where, where does the thou hang out? Well, as I, I'll reiterate uh, Nick's comments, I always enjoy being on the show. So if it goes a bit long, really, I don't mind. But um, don't you can find me on, on the Twitter. Uh, I know. <laughs> on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z, cars. And the reason I said Z cars <laughs> is because I do a show with a chap called Guy Searle. We call ourselves the G-Men. It's over on the MyMac Podcasting Network. And we basically called my mac podcast and uh yeah it's a bit of a laugh i have to say i love the fact that you <laughs> guys is. are the same human beings who do your show when you're on here you're like serious and sensible <laughs> and very dignified and then your own show is fun and enjoyable and but it's this, very different this, it is very different and it's it's all guys fault <laughs> yeah, but when he's on here he's just like he's just like you guys when he's on here and we even had the two of you on together and it was fine I, yeah, I, was, I, I'll be I, honest, know, I don't. I don't. I think it's in 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 the. It, you don't want to hear us in the silence. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, just one final thing to say that show notes with all of the stories which are which informed our discussion, which was many stories, which I guess is a long show, will be over at let's dash talk dot ie shortly after the show appears in your iPod. There might be a slight lag of a few hours, but they will be there shortly. And you, while you're there, you will find three large blue buttons under the heading support the show. I very much appreciate everyone who has used those buttons in the past. And I would urge anyone who is in a position to do so without causing themselves any sort of distress to consider please doing so. Um, you can donate a one-off payment to PayPal, which is pretty straightforward. Or you can sign up to become a permanent patron of the show through a service called Patreon. It is you pledge a small dollar amount, which will be taken every time I publish a show. And I publish exactly two shows a month. So if you want to give me $10 a month, that would be $5 each. If you want to give me $2 a month, that would be $1 each. You get the idea. And then finally, we have a Zazzle store with some swag where you can wander around advertising the podcast to all your mates on your fancy coffee mug or your T-shirt or whatever you're having yourself. And a percent, a commission of, I think it's, I think I said the commission at 5 to 10%, something like that. I don't like to be exact about it. It's different than every product, but it's in that sort of range. So basically the price you see there, I get... We'll say a tenth of it approximately, and the rest goes obviously to actually building the product, printing it, and then posting it to you. And that's obviously very helpful. I, I believe I am the biggest customer of my own store because I, I, I'm terrible at clothes shopping, so I just put my logo on it and get it printed and all that. My clothes shopping. Very lazy of me. Uh, and there are many ways to help the show without any sort of financial anything whatsoever. Um, pop over to iTunes, type in a little review, pop the stars to five. That would obviously be much appreciated. Or be honest, don't, don't only pop the ratings to five. If you think we're a four or a three, fine. If you think we're a two or a one, don't keep it to yourself. But rather than going to the iTunes store, pop me an email so I can get some feedback uh, that way. 
that would be nice. I would appreciate that gesture. Um, and just tell your friends, tell everyone, it's all appreciated. It's all much obliged. I'm rambling now, so I shall stop. Guys, thank you very much. I've been your host, Bart Boucher. So you can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Everybody, please stand by to stand by. And, uh, well, we'll be right back. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast. All right, so so, so let's, um, let's carry on. But I'm still laughing about <laughs> something that happened just before we started recording. And we're going to talk about that right now. I don't know if you, you heard, Guy, but Sal... <laughs> Sal Segoin. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> He's leaving Apple. It's a tragedy for everybody. <laughs> oh dear, this is not going well, is it? We are so childish. We, we are. Really are. It's the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast.